From Cornstalk Heights in small town America, welcome to the High Road. We're the new voice of the exhaustive majority. Here now is your host, Donnie Hall. Today is Friday, January 14th, 2024. Hello everyone. Snowed and iced in at the Fernhill Studio, I'm Donnie Hall. The holidays are behind us, and on behalf of the exhausted majority, I'm ready to tackle 2024 with gusto. Coming up in this edition, we will look at some recent news headlines, take a peek at upcoming presidential primaries, and talk about the U.S. border situation with someone who actually lives in rural Texas near the Mexican border. Later in the program, I will also proffer a new take on the validity of global warming, and we will have some good news for you as well. As mentioned earlier, Fern Hill is covered with snow and ice, as is much of the South, Midwest, and Northeast. We have also been dealing with something unusual for our portion of Tennessee, sub-zero temperatures. This week, the Tennessee Valley Authority said it experienced a record peak power demand, and thanks to the 6 to 12 inches of snow received across the region, many of our roads remain unpassable. Yesterday, the temps came up just enough to allow it to sprinkle a little little rain, but that turned into freezing rain as the sun went down. Now, for you folks in other parts of the country, this is a normal winter week, (laughs) but not for us. I have to give credit to local leaders for dealing with this the very best they could. As I've often noted, local government should always be the first of our concern, followed by the state and federal governments in that order. Looking at recent social media posts attacking our local leaders for their response efforts, I am appalled at some of the comments they're getting from these undoubtedly selfish constituents. The amount of snowfall we we received is an anomaly here. Usually, two to four inches around here would be a big snowfall. Next day, the temperatures rise and it all melts away, and the next day, I'm back on the golf course. Well, this snowfall was the equivalent of three to four large snowfalls all at once, with extended cold temperatures. A couple years ago, a transplant to the south gave me some unsolicited advice. You guys need to get more snow plows. <laughs> My response was, you haven't lived here long, have you, partner? We have snow plows, but we get so little snow every year that big investment in snow removal equipment is unwarranted. A local government only has one relatively small pot of money, and they have to use it judiciously to address greater needs rather than an occasional snowfall. That's the difference between local government and the federal government. I'm proud of how my local leaders have responded to this snowpocalypse. And with that being said, we'll be back with more right after this. From the Smoky Mountains to the Pacific Ocean and all points in between, you're on the high road. The voice of the exhausted majority. Hi, this is Martina McBride. With online news, social media, and texting available 24-7, the world seems to be spinning faster and faster every day. And it can be overwhelming. Sometimes we just need to unplug and take a break from our electronic devices. It can help reduce stress and allow us to reflect on the things that are really important in our lives. This message brought to you courtesy of the United States Air Force.
back to The High Road, the voice of the exhausted majority. I'm your host, Donnie Hall. Some of the big headlines from the past week included former President Trump was proclaimed winner of the Iowa caucuses in just over 30 minutes with 51% of the vote. Meanwhile, word came down yesterday that CNN will not air the New Hampshire Republican debate because both Trump and Ambassador Haley will not be participating. On Wednesday, the U.S. said the Iranian-backed Houthi rebel group operating in Yemen will be redesignated as a foreign terrorist group starting next month. Meanwhile this week, the U.S. renewed strikes against the group following more attacks on Red Sea commercial vessels. The 75th Primetime Emmys drew 43 million viewers, which is a 27% drop in ratings. And the new Miss America, Air Force 2nd Lieutenant Madison Marsh, is the first active duty service member to be awarded the crown in the competition's 102-year history. Now, back to politics. With the Iowa caucuses now in our rearview mirror, Yahoo News provided a look at when upcoming primaries will be in each state and other dates of note. Let's look at January 23rd. That will be the date of the New Hampshire primary. The South Carolina Democratic primary is slated for February 3rd, with the South Carolina Republican Party following on February 24th. On February 27th, Michigan will hold their primary. And then on March 4th, Trump's January 6th trial begins, which is one day ahead of Super Tuesday, March 5th, where more than one-third of all GOP delegates will be up for grabs in 15 states, including Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, my state of Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Vermont, as well as American Samoa. Presently, Trump is not included on the Colorado ballot and may not be on Maine's ballot, depending on how the Supreme Court rules. The Republican National Convention will be in Milwaukee July 15th through 18th, while the Democratic National Convention will follow in Chicago August 19th through the 22nd. If you still don't know who you should vote for, I have an idea for you. You can go to isidewith.com. That's isidewith.com to take their survey and find out who you most closely align. That's isidewith.com. Moving on, the U.S.-Mexican border has been a contentious issue since as early as 1900. We hear a lot about what's going on along the border from the talking heads on TV and politicians. But for a closer look, Let's talk to someone who lives there. Joining me on the high road now is um, somebody who lives very close to the Mexican border in Texas, and it's my brother, uh, Daryl. And Daryl, we're not going to mention the name of your town just for for security reasons, Mm -hmm. but uh, you've got a very different perspective than most people as to illegal immigration in our country. Yeah, well, we get to see a lot of it is the main reason. And uh, mostly, it's a, it's just an opportunity for us to uh, we 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 look at immigration both from a standpoint of ministry, ministering to the immigrant, but also uh, from security and ministering to people who are struggling with the effects of it. Well, according to USA Today, as of last August, uh, there were two hundred thirty-two thousand nine hundred seventy-two migrant encounters with either arrest or detainments uh, on the border. D- does that sound accurate? Yeah, there's a lot. 
we, we have so many come through and so many get gotaways. We, you know, when you're on the border, one of the things you, you notice is that you become aware of the gotaways as well as the ones who are arrested. So uh, we can see a lot of that. They come through our towns. They come through our ranches. And uh, it's, it's, very, it's a part of life now. You don't travel. You don't travel unarmed. You don't travel uh, by yourself. And you try to make sure people know where you're going and where you're coming from. Well, let me just to be accurate. That two hundred thirty-two thousand was in one month uh, for the year. Uh, the, uh, there's been a record. It's going to be two point eight million persons mm-hmm. who were interacted or, or who were stopped at the border, well, one way or the other. Now that doesn't count the gotaways, right? Well, the, the door for that opened when no one else seemed to care, and we were getting flooded with it long before anybody else. And then now, now that it because of the numbers, it's it really is impacting. The cities, it's impacting people all over uh, the United States, and so it's not just a, a border problem anymore. However, whatever any city inland, you know, New York and Chicago and, and uh, uh, Boise, Idaho, I know I saw a report about, none of them, whatever they are experiencing in terms of struggles, uh, the border towns have it, have it multiplied, and, uh, and it's much, much worse. You know, I'm, I've talked about our country being a country club you know uh, you, you become a member of the country club and you get the benefits of it you can play golf you can use the tennis courts the pool you can enjoy fine dining at, at the country club and and you've, you've paid for it you're a member and you know that's your right to have it but all of a sudden if some people who aren't paying members start coming in and using the golf course and swimming in the pool you know eating uh, dinners they're, they're not members and, and you know they should not be getting those benefits of membership. And that's kind of the way I see illegal immigration. And the fact is that illegal immigrants uh, at the start of 2023, the net cost of illegal immigration for the U.S. at the federal, state, and local levels was over $150 billion. That's mm-hmm. about $1,100 per taxpayer. Now, you've got a perspective on this that, you know, it's costing me $1,100, but you living 60 miles from the border, it costs you even more. Right. Well, exactly. One of the things that uh, that I would start out by saying is that, one, we're not I don't know anybody who's against immigration. We're, we're just wanting healthy. I would love immigration to be faster. I'd like to see more people be able to immigrate legally because we just need to make sure that we're filtering out the good of the bad. I don't have a problem with people coming into our country club and getting the same benefits as long as it doesn't infringe upon the safety and the, and the care and the benefits of everybody else. And as long as they're a member. As long as they're a member. Well, yes. And, and uh, what we're talking about, though, is that we're seeing the safety and, and the, the livelihood of others being infringed upon by them. And, the, and as far as the amount goes, you're right, about $1,100 per taxpayer across the country, we see that. But, but uh, the problem is that when you have immigrants come across the border into a small, uh, poor, and usually a minority-filled uh, small Texas town uh, of 3,000, try to imagine if, if you are in New York City and you're having financial trouble caring for the immigrants that are coming through there per capita, we are doing far more people in our town than New York did. And so so uh, it's not $1,100 per person. That's what's spread out. It's more like we're paying a lot more on the border. So these poor communities, mostly minority communities, are paying a lot more out of their pockets because a town of 3,000 is getting as many people as we're seeing go to New York 
and yet we have not the tax base that they do. And so, and so uh, we don't have the resources. We don't have the connection to Washington that the mayor does, although he's having trouble with Biden right now. But, but the fact is, is that, is that so it's the, the, uh, the cost of it is not, is not spread out proportionately. It is, it is being heavily put on the shoulders of people who are some of our poorest minority communities in the country. Daryl, we're up against a break. You'll stick around for the next segment? Sure. All right. You're listening to The High Road. We're talking about uh, border issues, and we'll be right back after this message. Powered by Spotify, you're listening to The High Road. There's more right after this. Children are the greatest joy and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids right here in our own backyard are facing hunger every day? Without healthy food, it's harder to grow, to thrive, to feel their best. The impact when children don't have enough to eat is tremendous because when you're hungry and your basic needs aren't being met, you cannot learn. Every child deserves to be fed. This is a problem we know how to solve. Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Breakfast in the classroom contributes to kids being more focused, which leads to higher grades, and simply just their well-being. Thank you! Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at helpnokidhungry.org. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But right now in front of us is victory over cancer, Right now, cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to better treatments and saving lives. Victory over cancer is there for the taking by you because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at V.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Welcome back to the High Road. We are. Uh, I'm with my brother Daryl, who actually lives 60 miles from the uh, Mexican border in Texas, and uh, has a, a bird's eye view, if you will, uh, about uh, what's going on with the immigration and with illegal border crossings. Now, Daryl, everybody who comes across that border is not a criminal, is not a drug dealer. There are some good right. people coming across, aren't there? Correct. Um, now, according to the U.S. Um, Customs and Border Protection, they arrested 15,267 people for uh, last year in uh, fiscal year 2023. And year to date, in fiscal year 2024, there have already been over 3,100 arrests. You know, what, what, what do you see of the people who, who come across the border? What, what are they doing? Well, right now we're seeing the majority of the people we're seeing are uh, young males coming across. And, uh, and for, according to Border Patrol, individuals we know are, are heavily connected to crime and so forth. And it's very interesting because we are seeing two, two kinds of real strong criminal activity. Well, number one, we're seeing people along the border whose safety and security are being compromised. We're seeing that in the country too, but it's heavy, it, is, it, is, it is so much magnified on the border. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. When, when, um, if you have a farm that's near the border, and illegal immigrants cross your crops, which for some of these farms happens regularly, uh, they can't sell their crop. FDA won't allow them to sell their crops because 
They have people who we have no idea where they've been come across the border, so that hurts their livelihood. We also see violence and rape and murder uh, occur as well. So it's it's happening against Americans, but also the number one the number one target group for being victims of crime by illegal immigrants are other illegal immigrants. Because uh, our our church, we minister. I've been to the border many times. Been to the border wall many times. We minister to to families who come across the border. Many of them who were like are people we would love to welcome to this country. We just want to do it legally. But most of them will tell you that their family has experienced trauma and violence by other people they come across the border with because they come into the hands of the cartels. And so if you are an illegal immigrant coming to America, you're on the same road with a majority of people who are violent. Well, there's going to be violence against your family. So that's number one. Number two is that once you're in this country, if you have violence against you or if you have any crime against you, you are less likely to call the police if you're an illegal alien. So, so the criminals know this and they target you and, uh, and because they know you won't call the police. And so it, it, it really is a, a huge crime issue, not to mention the fact that, that, that the two industries that are benefited the most by illegal immigration are illegal drugs, predominantly fentanyl, which our town is a drop-off point for that, and we see a lot of that, but also the human trafficking of children. And uh, that, that industry is a multi-billion dollar industry that is heavily benefited by this open border. So anybody, in my mind, who is for an open border is, is supporting uh, the human trafficking of children and, and drug trafficking of fentanyl. So um, we need to realize that and do something about it. Now, I understand that starting in March, Texas will allow police to, to arrest immigrants who enter the, the state illegally and give local judges the, the authority to order them out of the country. Is this a good thing for Texas? This is a good thing for Texas, and I don't know if it'll survive the appeal process, but it is a bold move by our governor, who has done a great job in Texas, and uh, it, is, it is something that even across minority groups uh, in South Texas are is being re- well-received because of the need for protection. Uh, we want to see, we want to see immigration. We want to see healthy immigration, but we, we need to make sure that, that we are filtering out the violence and the, the criminals. And uh, if the U S won't do it, the U S government won't do its job, federal government, then the Texas government is uh, willing to do its job. You know, Abbott has been bold in the past too. Uh, he gets a lot of criticism. So does Santos for busing uh, immigrants to these cities that are sanctuary cities. Number one, I think it's hilarious that they want to be sanctuary cities until they actually have to be <laughs> sanctuary cities. But also, what they don't realize is, and, and, and actually they do realize it, but the Biden administration was, was busing and, and flying immigrants, illegal immigrants, to their cities long before uh, Abbott or DeSantos were doing so, and in many, many, many more quantities. I mean, there's so, so many more people. Uh, uh, Abbott and, and DeSantos have only shipped a fraction of the people that the Biden administration has, but you don't hear anybody complaining about the Biden administration doing it, just just the others. And I I, I think one of the funniest things is, that has happened, and, and there's very little to laugh about in this, is, uh, you know, people at, in Martha's Vineyard wanting to be, be to be Sanctuary City until they get a few show up. And try to imagine this. That was a busload that Governor Abbott sent right, there, right? Right. Uh, uh, he sent a load up and then and one, one load by DeSantis. And, uh, but DeSantos, all he did was help sponsor a bus that came from Texas. So, so it, really, it was really Abbott. 
But the funny thing is, is that the number of people they got, our town of 3,000 has, has in, in a single week, had more people, uh, uh, probably about 10 times more illegal immigrants in our town than, than we sent to Martha's Vineyard, and they couldn't handle it. Oh, how terrible. And, uh, but but uh, we, we have to do it all the time, and that just shows the disparagement of the elite. Now, just for the record, um, according to Yahoo News, since 2021, Texas authorities have arrested nearly 10,000 migrants on misdemeanor trespassing charges under what Governor Abbott has called an arrest and jail operation. The arrests obviously have drawn some constitutional challenges, but um, it's good to see Texas um, using their state's rights or mm-hmm. the, the rights of, their, of the republic of, mm-hmm. of Texas. Now, we need to p- point out that, that not all these immigrants are Mexicans. We're, uh, there are right. immigrants from Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, even West Africa. And I think you mentioned uh, Iran is, right. uh, is pu- sending people across the border. Iran, Afghanistan, China, uh, uh, Russia. We, we've, had, we've had all sorts uh, come through. It's amazing that um, one of the Border Patrol individuals was saying that you know, they have to find people who can speak some of the languages uh, of the different people coming across the border and the the number of different languages they've had to actually access somebody for and try to find some has been nearly impossible in some cases because you you assume it's just going to be Spanish, but it's really not. It's it's uh, all of a sudden you're you have to speak Farsi or you're, you're something like that and and it's, it's Cantonese be, Cantonese and it's become very very difficult for them. So yeah, we're getting them from all over the world and and we've seen uh, uh you know I think since. I think in the last three months we've seen something like thirty who are on the terrorist watch list, and uh, and so uh, they just come, they just prance across our border. So, what does the border look like? The the one the area that's closest to you is that is it just an open field or, or? no? The, um, it's there's a river, there's Rio Grande, mm-hmm. uh, and in some places it's it's very shallow and 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 narrow, and in some places it's not. Uh, one one of the areas we work with heavily is down. They actually have part of the wall there, and uh, but the wall obviously wasn't completed. And so, uh, we, if you you just drive a little bit and you you start saying, "Wait a minute, this is where they cross." There's a there's one place that my wife Laura and I like to drive to, um, and uh, they, it has a uh, rest area that overlooks the Rio Grande, and you can look over into Mexico. And uh, but now people don't go there anymore. It used to be a really nice little tourist spot. Now no one goes there because you, you, they constantly, it's one of the favorite places for these people to cross. And so now you just got law enforcement up there it's in, and it's a rest, a, tour, a little touristy rest spot. And, and it, what a romantic spot it would be if it weren't for all the <laughs> traffic. But they just cross very easily and, they, and, and it's 24-7 you're seeing them come across. They're just born across. Well, Daryl, you've listened to, to this podcast before and usually when we have a problem, we like to offer a solution, you know, especially if I'm complaining about a problem. Right. Um, you know, I like to offer a solution. And um, I don't think this problem has an easy solution. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I rarely like to, to, to uh, uh, reflect anything from a Democrat. But Harold Ford Jr., uh, who was a Democrat, who I campaigned against at one point, but he, he really has some good, sensible ideas about this. And, you know, first shut the border, uh, but, we, but, but then... We need to create uh, a, a path for easier, uh, faster process for immigration. Because we, we want immigration. We want healthy immigration. We want robust immigration. 
it just needs to be faster and it needs to be uh, broader, I think. Uh, but it does need to be legal and there needs to be filters in place because all we're trying to keep out is people on the terrorist watch list, uh, criminals, fentanyl, uh, human traffickers like that. Second, so so build the wall. Uh, and, and when he says build the wall, shut shut down the border, keep them out. Uh, and that's not to be cruel. That the, the door, a wall is not there so so that uh, keep people out. It's, just, it's there so that you use the front door. That's all. But my 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 big solution to add to that would be simply this: uh, It would be great if Congress would just pass a a law that said, "Listen, uh, we're going to give everybody." who's a legal alien, and nowadays there's no reason why we can't do, do this technology-wise. you got 90 days to register. Register with the State Department or, or Homeland Security or through the post office, however you want to do it. Register, and we will begin your process. And if you and after that 90 days, anybody who is not registered uh, in this country will, will, be, will be subject to heavy... Uh, incarceration or some some sort of heavy penalty, but you give everybody 90 days to register. You register your family, and you may not make it, but at least you'll begin the process of actually doing it illegal. And they have to go back to the back of the line. It's That's, like when I when I buy a lottery ticket, you mm-hmm. know, I may not win, I probably right. won't win, but I might. Right, <laughs> but but they have to go to the back of the line of the people who are doing it mm-hmm. legally. But at least it begins in the process and it gives them a chance to stay in the country, maybe. Um, but. Uh, but the fact is, is that if we don't, if we don't get this under control quickly, uh, people want to come here because we've got a good country. If you, if we keep doing this, we're not going to be a good country. We're going to be overwhelmed, uh, overfunded. You know, you know, when when the economy takes a huge turn the wrong way, so does development, so does technology, so does advancement, so does medicine, everything. And uh, so we we need to make sure that we stay on top of that. And 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 a last little note. Uh, Instead of instead of us being the police to the world, maybe we can do more to be to help um, with agriculture and with uh, economic development in countries to give people a reason to want to stay in their own countries too. You know, to help them stay because we want everybody to, to have the American dream. We just we just uh, we would like to see the whole world be able to do it, but why not do it from where you're at and uh, and and enjoy life there too? But if you want to come here, we want to welcome you to the front door. Thank you uh, a whole lot for sitting down with me today. Thanks, Tom. Um, and uh, folks, uh, we're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with some good news right after this. You're in tune with the voice of the exhausted majority. This is The High Road with Donnie Hall. I'm John O'Hurley, and I support Paralyzed Veterans of America because our heroes have sacrificed so much for our independence. I had just come home. I had noticed my legs were swelling. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed. PVA has brought me back to life. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. It left me paralyzed. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. For more than 75 years, Paralyzed Veterans of America has kept a promise to never leave a fallen hero behind. That's why Paralyzed Veterans of America is providing specialized medical care, life-changing treatments, benefits our heroes earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. Our Paralyzed Veterans have helped us live the lives we enjoy today. It's our turn to give them the best lives possible. To learn more, go to pva.org today. 
What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the program where it is time for some good news. I ran across a post on LinkedIn the other night about a 34-year-old Chicago woman named Candace Payne. She is not a celebrity. She is not rich. But she is exactly the kind of person who should be in the news. A couple weeks ago in Chicago, where temperatures were colder than Antarctica, Ms. Payne decided to use her own credit card to rent 30 hotel rooms to shelter local homeless people from the freezing cold. Upon hearing of her good deed, others pitched in to help, and she was able to secure 72 rooms for five nights, providing refuge for 122 people. In a world of daily bad news, sometimes it is easy to forget there is still so much good out there. And today... I'm happy to share with you a little piece of good news. Bravo Zulu, Ms. Payne. Very well done. And I'll be back with some final thoughts right after this. More of The High Road is coming your way right after this short break. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says... Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on... SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. For our final segment, for a long time there has been a debate, even a dispute, regarding the concept of global warming. There seems to be scientific evidence for and against the topic. Meanwhile, those brilliant scientists inside the Beltway, the Ultracon and Ultralib politicians, have lined up in lockstep on one side of the issue or the other. Recently, I stumbled across some old evidence regarding this matter. According to an ancient Hebrew manuscript, in the year 2350 B.C., 2350 B.C., the first rainfall ever was recorded. It rained, and it rained, and it rained. For 40 days and 40 nights, the rains fell and created a devastating flood that lasted 150 days. When the deluge receded, the manuscript goes on to say, As long as the earth endures... Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. You can read it for yourself if you want in Genesis chapters 7 and 8. It doesn't say how cold or how hot it'll be. It simply says it will be cold, it will be hot, and there will be summer and winter. 
Having studied meteorology briefly in the military, I don't believe there is enough empirical data going back to, say, 2350 B.C. to claim with assurance that we're getting hotter or colder. There seem to be cycles in the Earth, death and rebirth, that we just don't have long enough of a history to fully understand. For me, God's promise to Noah is good enough evidence that the earth will not evolve into a perpetual scorching summer that lasts all year long. And in the immortal words of Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. Our quote today comes from the great communicator himself, Ronald Reagan. In 1981, he said, government's first duty is to protect the people, not run their lives. Something to think about there. And that'll do it for today's program. Send me your emails at Donnie at DonnieHall.com. That's Donnie, D-O-N-N-I-E, at DonnieHall.com. And you can visit us on our website, which is also DonnieHall.com. Until next time, we are the voice of America's middle, the exhausted majority. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll chat again soon.